we only pull out this music once a year mm-hmm. because it is <laughs> a few days removed from Will McCormick's birthday. Thanks, buddy. Happy birthday, Will. I appreciate it. You're welcome. What are you now, 15? Uh, 16. Okay, yep. so you, you can drive now. I can. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Just barely. No, I'm 22. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. T-Swift here. That's right. Will McCormick's birthday was on Sunday, and we're back in action for another mm-hmm. episode of the Tony G Show. Will just does not take a day off. Nope. No breaks. And I tell you what, Will and I still college students. There are no days off. Nope. Just absolutely none. We got a good week ahead, too. We do got a very good week. Good couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Good month ahead. This is going to be a great month for the Tony G Show. We got this episode today, the 17th episode of Season 7, where we will be talking about Baker Mayfield. You know, he's been getting just beat down in the media for the last week, and I'm going to make an argument in favor of Baker Mayfield. I'm going to be on Baker Mayfield's side throughout this episode. Then we're going to do a quarterback spotlight. Second segment, this is usually a first segment type of deal, but we're, we're going to do it in the second segment. On Jordan Love, believe it or not, we are going to talk Jordan Love after his debut for the Packers, a lot of people ripping him to shreds, and I'm going to be in favor of him too. This is, you know, I'm in favor of a few quarterbacks throughout the course of this episode. And then, of course, we're going to recap Tony G's picks of the week. Will I am rolling? Mm-hmm. I am red hot. So that is today. Tomorrow we have the Gary Gresh interview that will be released. Great interview. It's going to be a great. I, Gary is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is like the X's and O's type of just. Nuts and bolts of, of a basketball team. Yep. Like, he's just old-fashioned. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's lots of nuts and bolts in a... Did I lose you with that analogy? You did, yeah. Okay. He's nitty and gritty. I don't yeah. know. He's like... Maybe that's not the best example that I'm going to go towards here. He's like the... He's, he's good with X's and O's. We can just... Well, he's like the Bill Belichick, you know? He's okay. like the... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Will McCormick's off the show. <laughs> Fired for his birthday. That's his birthday present. That is tomorrow, though. Gary Gretsch is going to be a great interview. The head basketball coach of the St. Norbert College men's basketball team going into his 15th season starting again tomorrow. So that interview will be released on the same day that uh, the season begins, the official season begins for the men's basketball team. Then Thursday, we have another regular episode, a new batch of Tony G's Picks of the Week. We're going to be talking baseball for, I think, the last time in that episode. And then segment one will be something uh, football-related as well. So that's Thursday. Next week, Tuesday, regular episode. Wednesday, Olivia DeClean interview. She is the guard of the St. Norbert College women's basketball team. This week we're doing men's basketball. Next week we're doing women's basketball. That'll be Olivia DeClean, the senior. She has been experienced. She's been playing under Connie Tilly, now Amanda Leonard Perry. She's seen both sides of the last two coaches for the last 45 years for St. Norbert College, if you think about it that way since Connie Tilly was here for 42 years. So that Mm -hmm. is next week, another regular episode Thursday. And then the Tuesday following that next week is going to be our Thanksgiving show. Jason Fonder will be on the episode. Oh, man. What a November. What a November we have. And then no Thursday episode on Thanksgiving, of course. So that is our schedule up until Thanksgiving. Do you got all of that, Will? Yeah, I'm ready. I am ready for this episode. Going to be talking a lot of football today. A lot of quarterbacking. A lot of... A lot of discussion in favor of certain quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be taking the side of a lot of quarterbacks who have been getting just drugged through the, through the dirt for the last couple of weeks. It's recovering a little bit of football this episode. Yeah, just a tad. Mm-hmm. Uh, no soccer. Not that football. Sorry, Will. It's okay. Yeah. I got excited for a second, but... Yeah. Would have been a birthday present for Will. That was Sunday. Happy birthday, Will. This is his birthday episode. 
and 17th episode of season 7. You're listening to The Tony G Show, now in its 7th season. Subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at TonyGNation. Also on Instagram at TonyGordana. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's the host, Tony G. Thank you, one Mr. Troy Frisk, for getting this episode kicked off in that introduction. I tell you what, Baker Mayfield has just shut his haters up with his performance last Sunday. The Browns got the win in Cincinnati 41-16 against a Bengals team that was favored at home. It's a commanding win. It was absolutely it was a commanding win in all facets. The score accurately re- represented the play in the game. From everybody, from the Bengals, of course, from Joe Burrow, from the Browns, of course, and especially of Baker Mayfield. Baker played his heart out in a week where he just got obliterated. Obliterated in football media. Outlets left and right ripping on Baker Mayfield, saying he's not good, saying he's not the franchise quarterback the Cleveland Browns thought he was going to be. And Baker Mayfield showed up in what could be, I will argue, the biggest performance of his career. And he's played in a game that snapped the longest losing streak in Browns history. Mm -hmm. But yet this game was the biggest performance of Baker Mayfield's career. Let me start here. When I say that he got drugged through the mud in the media, it was because the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, released highly touted wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. recently. And there's a lot of speculation around, you know, Baker's been pretty quiet about this topic. OBJ has been quiet about this topic getting released as well. And the media has been the loudest part of it. They're saying there's this whole narrative that OBJ wanted out of Cleveland because of Baker Mayfield. He will officially be released on Monday, which was yesterday, and he will be allowed to sign with the team starting today, uh, the day of this recording, uh, Tuesday. Again, media said this was all Baker's fault. Uh, A couple big names that I'll throw out there. Everyone in the media said this. Everyone on the media was against Baker Mayfield. Cleveland has to move on. Cleveland is not going to start to win with Baker Mayfield. Everybody in the media, but I'm going to highlight a couple big names here. Colin Cowherd, Steve Smith, and the rest of Twitter, to be honest with you, pretty much everybody on Twitter. But let's go here with first Colin Cowherd, who has this big rivalry. Big, I mean, him and Baker, I don't like to use the word hate. I really don't. I'm not just saying that for the microphone. I don't like to use the word hate. I think it's strong. Cowherd and Baker hate each other. I mean, they have a strong rivalry, almost like... I can't even put it into words. In my lifetime of following sports and starting to cover sports as a young, I don't want to call myself a journalist, I think that's too highly touted, but as a young broadcaster (laughs) and and a sports media member in a way of this podcast, The Tony G Show, I don't think I've ever seen a rivalry between a media member and an athlete like this. Maybe Coward and Rogers as well, but anyways. yeah, absolutely. Well, Especially at this time, everybody's dragging Rodgers through the mud. Yeah. But that's a discussion for a different day. Right. Colin Cowherd and Baker Mayfield, for the last couple of years, Baker went on the show, The Herd, Colin Cowherd, it's on FS1, on Fox Sports Radio as well. And Baker was pretty hostile towards Cowherd, who was probably hostile towards Baker as well. Colin Cowherd was trying to put uh, Baker on the spotlight, trying to... 
uh, catch him in the, the way Colin Cowherd does. Right. I mean, that's who he is. He's kind of, you know, that's what makes a good personality at that level in media is being argumentative, is being hot button, is being push your buttons. And that's exactly what he was doing to Baker Mayfield. And so Baker Mayfield and Colin Cowherd grew this rivalry. And Cowherd, every chance he gets, absolutely drags Baker through the mud. And it's his job. That's what he does. That's what I would do if I was in his situation. I had a rivalry with an athlete who has a rivalry with me. If I get the chance to to pick on him or, or put him on blast, if you will, on my show, then I'll do that because it's my show, and that's exactly what the content is. So you can't fault Colin Coward for saying that. That's one example. How about Steve Smith on the Thursday night football pregame show on NFL Network? You know, this was a tougher one to swallow. Mm -hmm. Steve Smith didn't just – I mean, this isn't out of spite, out of a rivalry. I mean, Steve Smith really went after Baker Mayfield on Thursday night. Here's what he said, and I quote. And I quote. This isn't like paraphrasing. And I quote directly from Steve Smith on TV, national television, said, you're not very good, bro. OBJ is moving on because of you, close quote. Wow. (laughs) I mean, that that is rough. The one thing I've always been confused by with this argument, and I never really care to listen when people talk about this because it's like dog wash. It's like, I don't know. It's one of those things that I think that they argue for clicks. Oh, but yeah, absolutely. When has OBJ been relevant? See, and that's... He's terrible. Our friend of the show, and we could talk about this when he comes on, Jason Fonder tweeted out a tweet. The, the caption pretty much summed up OBJ. He made one catch, and everybody acted like he was Jerry Rice. Yeah. Everybody acted like Randy Moss is hitting the free agent market. Everyone's acting like... It, it's, not, it's OBJ ever since... The demise of New York, the Giants, I want to say 2016, 2017, when that picture was taken. You remember that picture right. when they went to Miami before yeah. the playoff game yes. against the Green Bay Packers in yep. Green Bay, lost the game. OBJ threw a helmet into a wall, put a hole in the wall. Ever since that, OBJ has been just about as good as a wide receiver as maybe, I don't know, throw any name out there, as like Cooper Cup. I mean, yeah. I would rather yes. have a Cooper Cup on my team. Yeah. Than OBJ. I think that might be the same year, too, where him and Norman had that huge dust-up. and and absolutely. OBJ, like, basically, like, diving speared him in the head. Yeah, yep. Really, yeah. And I, I, you know, OBJ would probably be a great receiver for certain teams. Like, I'm not saying he's not a... Oh, yeah, and we're going to talk about that, too. But Baker's better, more valuable player to the Browns than OBJ is. I don't know if there is a better use of this word in this situation. Overrated. Yeah. He's still good. He's still productive. He could still land and be a factor on mm-hmm. any team. But he's overrated. He's not, and Jason Fonder made a great point, and I can't wait to talk about this with him. He's not Randy Moss. No. He's not Jerry Rice. He's he's a great receiver, yes, but he's not worth the baggage. Exactly. Exactly. It's just not worth it. And Jarvis Landry, he's kind of the same as Jarvis Landry, and nobody's making this big stink around Jarvis Landry. Granted, he's a little more quiet than OBJ is, but regardless... When this happened, OBJ released, wanted his release. OBJ asked for a release mid-season. I mean, this is week nine, going into week 10. OBJ asked for his release from Cleveland Brown and was granted earlier this week. Can officially sign with the team starting the day of this recording Tuesday once again. Media drug Baker through the mug. They, they said, this is your fault. They said, you're too immature. You're not good enough. They said, you're not going to be the, the quarterback that turns around this franchise and makes it really competitive. They're competitive. They're starting to win games more than they ever have before. But the, to get them to the point where they want to be in the playoffs and start to win some football games, P- 
people are saying it's not going to be under Baker Mayfield. That's, t- I think that's too quick of, I mean, he's still young. He's still a quid, a kid. This is too quick of a conclusion to draw. Mm-hmm. You can't sit here and tell me that Baker's not going to be the, the franchise quarterback of Cleveland. You know, and granted, it has been a couple years, and there's still signs in his play that he's not going to be elite. I don't think Baker Mayfield will ever be elite, but we're going to make the argument here, Will. We say it all the time. Yeah. You don't have to have an elite quarterback to win. No, you in really the don't. National Football League, you can win with an average quarterback. It's yeah. absolutely true. It's a team sport. Exactly. It's exactly. a team sport. And Jerry Rice will echo that effect, too, just just drawing that off the top of my head here because I've heard interviews with Jerry Rice saying it is the ultimate team sport. I never looked at it as a personal, individual thing. And it's different because he's a wide receiver. He's not a quarterback. In this case, Cleveland, it's not going to take one man to reverse the spell against Cleveland. It's not gonna, the curse that is the Cleveland Browns for the last three decades in their quarterbacks, which I will be talking about too in just a moment. Why blame Baker? Why? There's so many other factors that play into this, but I have to commend Baker before we get into that. Everybody sat here and absolutely drug Baker Mayfield through the mud after this release. You know what Baker did? He didn't say anything immature in response. He didn't come out and even really advocate for himself. He didn't give his side of the story. He didn't. He he did nothing in response, which I think is the best thing to do. He just shut up and played his heart out. Stats from last Sunday's 41-16 win on the road to beat a favored Bengals team on Sunday afternoon. He was 14-21 throwing the football, 218 yards with two touchdowns. Like I said, he's not going to be the elite Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. He's not going to be Peyton Manning throwing seven touchdowns in a football game. But he's going to shut up and do his job when he absolutely has to. This was the biggest performance of Baker Mayfield's career. Absolutely it was. Shut up and played his heart out. He beat the 5-3 and three Cincinnati Bengals on the road as underdogs. Both of those teams now, Cincinnati and Cleveland, are 5-4 and four in a very tough division in the AFC North. Baker's not the problem here in Cleveland. I, I, I'm tired of that narrative that Baker's not good enough, that Baker's too immature, that Baker doesn't have the arm, that he doesn't have the strength, that he doesn't have the mobility. He is the man, okay? He will... Turn around this organization if he has the tools to do so. And I'm not saying offensive tools because he's had that. It definitely hasn't been talent. You know, Nick Chubb, OBJ even, Jarvis Landry. He's had good tight ends his entire career. A decent above average offensive line. Mm -hmm. A good defense too. Pass rush spearheaded by Miles Garrett. There's been talent on the field. And that's not the issue. Right. On paper, that team is... On paper, that team should win the Super Bowl like three out of four years. Right. When you think of it this way, there's been coaching staff issues and GM switches in Baker Mayfield's career already that hasn't been that long. What is this, four or five years now in the NFL? Freddie Kitchens was out. Remember, he had a huge thing with Hugh Jackson Mm -hmm. who he wanted out. So there's been three different coaches that he's played under in his short career in the NFL which definitely plays a role. So once Hugh Jackson was out, so then the page turned to Freddie Kitchens, who granted it, Baker Mayfield wanted. He was the one who absolutely advocated for Kitchens and wanted him to be the head coach. He was the head coach for one year. Didn't go so well. Baker had problems with him as well. That's not a Baker thing. This is another head coaching thing. So you switch coaches once again. Kevin Stefanski seems to be the right guy to start to get things moving. 
There's some mobility on offense. There's some fluidity to the defense. He seems like a head coach who they really like playing for, the Cleveland Browns. But then you also think of Andrew Barry, the general manager, who I guess in the scope of things, when you try to turn around an organization like the Cleveland Browns who have been cursed, who have been possessed in the football world, who have not been successful for reasons that are just endless, a list that could drag onto the floor if you held it up. I mean, there's so many things wrong in Cleveland. It seems like they're cursed. So who's the man that you turn to to try to change things around? The GM position, they go and get, the, they being the Cleveland Browns, go and get the youngest general manager ever in football at 32 years of age. They don't get someone that is experienced in dealing with teams and organizations who have who have dealt with a lot of talent. They don't get someone who is experienced who comes from a team where he he was part of a front office staff that turned around that turned the page from an unsuccessful organization to a successful organization. They don't go and get somebody who has dealt with loads of talent. They don't get somebody who has dealt with a young quarterback before. They go get the youngest ever general manager in football at 32 years of age. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he can't be the general manager that changes the tide in Cleveland. But I question that move. If you're really trying to change things up in Cleveland, it is a matter of going to get experience. It's not right. the youngest guy. Right. That's not the answer to this issue. And I'm not, you know, maybe maybe he can turn things around, but when you add things up, youngest, no experience as a general manager in the front office. The third coach, the third head coach in the tenure of Baker Mayfield as the quarterback in Cleveland. When you start to add up these issues, not to mention that he's young, he's a kid. Granted, he does have a, a chip on his shoulder, but that's not going to weigh him down from winning games. When you add all this together, it's not Baker Mayfield's fault. You put him in an organization that is competent, and then the tide, the narrative starts to change, that Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think if you put Baker on Chicago or Tennessee, you put him in that position, I feel like he would succeed. Oh, absolutely. I feel like he would succeed like more than efficient. Like, he would be... Like, good. Well, who would you rather have, Ryan Tannehill or Baker Mayfield? Uh, to me, they're it's a, they're it's, serviceable. Exactly. It's probably a dime apiece. One's winning and one is not, though. Right. So you feel like this is more of a situational thing for Baker, like, just the way that they, like, because they've surrounded him with weapons, but yeah, the way the organization is being run mm-hmm. as a whole is just kind of leading. It's like this culmination of yes. just stuff that doesn't add add together well. Essentially, you, yes, that's exactly what it is. You put Baker Mayfield in San Francisco, that team wins double digit games mm. every single season. Absolutely, you put him in Seattle, yes, you put him in. Hmm, I was going to say Denver, no, let's let's do another AFC West team. You put him in Kansas City, of course, mm. anybody would. You put him in Las Vegas, playing for the Raiders. Ah. Maybe that's it. See, that's another dysfunctional organization. Who would you right. rather have, Derek Carr or Baker Mayfield? Right. Exactly. I mean, granted, you could make the argument that Derek is a better leader, but that's not a knock on Baker. It's just because Derek Carr is an outstanding leader. Absolutely love Derek Carr. So would it be fair to say that Steve Smith's quote or uh, assumption or whatever that he put on Baker, basically claiming Baker's a bad quarterback and OBJ wants out because of that? Yeah. Like... That couldn't be more false. I mean, maybe that is why OBJ wants out because he feels like he's not getting the ball thrown enough, but yeah. he's been a non-factor for years. Exactly. Um, he hasn't been 
remotely scary. It's like a, you, you mentioned the start of the episode, Cooper Cup and, and him. So yeah. far this coop, this season, Cooper Cup has seventy four receptions for ten touchdowns. OBJ has seventeen with zero touchdowns. It's just like I, I don't understand why. Like he's not it, an expert. He, he's hard to. He's one of those people on your team that like I feel like he's bringing so much negative attention to Baker. Yeah. Because it's like you have to get OBJ the ball. You have to get him, and it's like Baker is like he's good. Yeah. He's good. He's he, they're gonna win games. I absolutely agree with you, Will. OBJ didn't work with Eli Manning, nope. who a lot of people are making the argument for as a Hall of Famer. Yep. He's not winning games. He wasn't a factor in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, who was someone that a lot of people thought could stem the tide in Cleveland and has done so. I mean, the guy ended the longest losing streak in history for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He, he only has seven career touchdowns with the Browns over three Is that years. a Baker Mayfield thing or OBJ? I mean, this is more OBJ than anything. Baker Mayfield is still so you can you can win with average quarterbacks you mm-hmm. absolutely can if you build around and granted they have talent wise but the coaching staff switches the front office switches the youngest GM ever in football that is what plays a factor in the Cleveland Browns not winning the AFC North this season and it's a tough division the the Ravens are no flyby even the Bengals are starting to get better and the Steelers have all the experience in the world under Big Ben who is granted deteriorating talent wise but Mike Tomlin as well. A great young wide receiver core, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. I mean, there's a lot of talent there. And so this is a tough division is the point. That's not an easy division nor conference to win. The AFC is very competitive, just like the NFC is. It's the professional football league here. It's the NFL. It's not Baker Mayfield's fault. You give him a competent organization with some talent around him, and he will win double-digit games every year. He just will. Who would you rather have Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield? Who would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield? I would take Baker Mayfield out of both of those comparisons. Derek Carr, I wouldn't make it as easy of a, de- of a decision, but I could be persuaded in favor of Baker Mayfield. Everyone's jumping off of Baker Mayfield. I'm still on him. Why? Is- because things haven't worked out. It's not his fault. Right. It's not Baker Mayfield's fault. So what do you see as the next steps for the Browns at this point in time? Obviously, letting go of OBJ, it's a lot of talent. You Correct. can't argue that. He's, you know, he's a weapon. Uh, not statistically in the last three years or in, in his time with the Browns, <laughs> yeah. but you know, he's still OBJ, so he could be a weapon. So I'm, And what do you see the Browns doing at this point on? Because they're basically committing to, to Baker. They're, they're saying Baker's our guy. He thinks he's a, he's a good quarterback. Absolutely. He's competent. You know, see I you think- later, OBJ. That's a great point, too, because this isn't the end of the world for the Browns. They're 5-4. and four, No. Okay, in a division where they are th- sitting third place behind a Steeler team, who's 5-3? and three? So they're, they're going to compete. They're one win away from tying the Ravens with wins. Right. They're 6-2. and two. This isn't the end of the world for Cleveland, all right? This like, is not it. They're not horrible yet. This, is, no. you know, this season is still up in the air for them. They could still win double-digit games this year. Absolutely they could. Their defense, I'm telling you, that pass rush monstrous like look said, out on paper they should be better than they are yep absolutely you are absolutely correct so i don't i, I guess we, it's kind of a it's really hard to say what they're going to do next but maybe it was just you know you can't, can't have them on your team yeah maybe it just didn't work out it just wasn't the right fit and that happens sometimes in yeah. sports especially in the nfl where it's such a team sport sometimes the fit just does not work out so speaking of moving on and what we're going to see in the future that was the Browns' discussion. What's next for OBJ? It's very tough to make this argument 
that OBJ is going to go anywhere where he will be an immediate factor. He's not going to go anywhere where he's going to be a number one. And if he does, it's not going to be on a winning team, which is ironic because OBJ says he wants to be in a winning atmosphere. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing he said out of this entire commotion. Besides saying, I want to be released, the only thing he said is, I want to go to a winning atmosphere. Something tells me it's going to be a big market winning atmosphere. A lot of people are saying the Rams. A lot of people are saying even uh, Arizona, the Cardinals, or Kansas City. These big name, big markets, big talent, winning atmospheres. You want to know what Tony G says, Will McCormick? What's that, Tony? I say OBJ lands in either Dallas or Tampa Bay. You want to talk about winning atmospheres. Dallas is having the best season they've had in the last five years. Tampa Bay is a winning atmosphere coming off of a Super Bowl win. Tom Brady is, I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to go play with Tom Brady if you're a wide receiver? That is a, those are two fits. I would absolutely not be shocked if that happens. Either Dallas... Winning atmosphere, having the best year out of the last five seasons, or Tampa Bay, who is putting together, stringing together another great season where they could be primed to win another division and to maybe even head deep into the playoffs yet again. The point is, regardless, is that OBJ has options. Yeah. He has options. There's no one team. It's not, you know, it's that way on practice squad. You know, if another team claims him, which OBJ is not on the practice squad. So if another team claims someone on the practice squad, say a, a third-string quarterback, they can do that, and the player doesn't have much control. But OBJ has control here with the amount of service he's had in the NFL. He has all the control in the world to go where he says he wants to go. And he says he wants to go to a winning atmosphere, and I say Dallas or Tampa Bay. I agree with Dallas. That'll be where he ends up. That's a Dallas move to make. It is. Pick up a player like that that's just an absolute – just could I mean, it could really help them or it could really hurt them. Well, they went out and got Amari Cooper a few right. seasons ago. But Amari's not a – he wasn't a guy to know to, you know, cause problems in a he team. He was talented, but yeah. he wasn't a, a, a diva by any means. No. But this is absolutely – you're right, though. It's so it's so Jerry Jones to go is. out. And he's not afraid to spend money. He'll open up the checkbook if he absolutely has to. And they don't have to. They don't have to go make a move like that. They already have good receivers, too. Mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb – is doing yeah. some great work for my fantasy team, among else. <laughs> but <laughs> but they don't need to go make that that move at all. But why not? OBJ's not going to – he knows he's not going to go somewhere where he's going to be the number one, and he wants to go to a winning atmosphere. Dallas is a good fit to me. Absolutely he's a good fit. Dallas or Tampa Bay, because Tampa Bay does this. They did the Antonio Brown thing, mm-hmm. right, where they picked him up, and Antonio Brown's been kind of quiet since he's, <laughs> he's got to Tampa Bay compared to his time in Pittsburgh, compared to his time in – uh, what was then Oakland for the Raiders. He's been quiet compared to his time in New England. I don't know if he'd want to go to Tampa. He'd be like the six-string receiver there. He would be. They got they do got a lot of talent all over yeah. the place, but he wants a winning atmosphere. And you're going to tell me if he signs in Tampa Bay, they're not going to put him on the field? They'd absolutely oh, try they him out and put him on the field. They'd, yeah. they'd conjure up some routes from him Poor across the way from Mike Evans, across the way from Antonio Brown, on the same side with Antonio Brown maybe. And plus now that Gronk has been dealing with some injuries, which of course he has because he's like, the most beat-up tight end I've ever watched. Right. So, of course, he's got some injuries. That's just one less target for Tom Brady. If he goes to Tampa, I think my head will fall off. (laughs) (laughs) That is one move that I'm willing to bet you do not want to see happen. But it probably will. It probably will. I could see that. I could see both those teams being very realistic. It's A lot of people speculating Green Bay, too. That is the least Green Bay move I have ever heard of. If that happens... First of all, he's got beef with the locker room there. Oh yeah, because he, you know, he punched a hole in it. <laughs> so that would be ironic. You'd have for to go sign it, donate another wall, donate some, and I'm sure they've gotten that fixed. But donate some spackle. All I can say is I don't want him. I don't want him on our team. I think that's the last thing they need right now. Sure. 
I don't know. Oh, I know, Will, is that this is not a Baker Mayfield problem. It's not. It really isn't. It's not. It's been coaching staff issues. It's not been talent, of course. Here's the narrative, too. Before we segue out, I'm just not done with this yet because everybody's been ripping on Baker Mayfield, and it's just been – it's too much. Knock it off. The guy's still young. The guy's still talented. The guy's not – it's not like he's washed and still saying that he's like Ryan Leaf. And he's, he's like thinking he's better than he's not. That's the comparison I'm giving Ryan Leaf, who's mm-hmm. thinking he has leverage and not really – I mean, Baker knows – his talent, he knows his strengths and weaknesses and plays into him every week. Not to mention, out of all the quarterbacks that Cleveland has had, and you know they've gone through, what, like 30 in the last two decades? <laughs> it's just been some incredible number, the amount of quarterbacks the Cleveland Browns have went through. Out of all these quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, with the 26 wins he has in his career, is the second most quarterback wins in his first four seasons in Cleveland history. <laughs> So you want to tell me that Baker's not the answer? Right. Or do you want to tell me that Baker is the answer and starting to put up some record-setting numbers in the Cleveland Brown organization, an organization who has struggled with the quarterback position? Baker's the guy to turn it around, all right? Don't hop off of him yet just because of the issues that he's had with OBJ. Which Are there even any, or is that just another media narrative? Right. Which I'm starting to believe it might be a narrative. I mean, Baker has said nothing against OBJ. OBJ has said nothing against Baker Mayfield. Granted, they haven't been the most on the same page right. uh, relationship ever. But that's not the end of the world. Is there beef here? Does OBJ want to go somewhere where he's going to be a factor, where he's going to absolutely win? I don't know why OBJ wanted out, but if it is Baker Mayfield, that's on OBJ. It's not a Baker Mayfield thing in Cleveland. It just is not. If it really, yeah, right. Because if he's saying it's Baker's fault for not throwing the ball enough, then, yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I, I we're going to wrap up this argument here and, and segue from one quarterback to another in a second, but it's not Baker Mayfield's fault. He's putting up some record-setting numbers in Cleveland now. And granted, that number, 26 wins in his first four seasons in Cleveland. A lot of quarterbacks haven't lasted four seasons in Cleveland, <laughs> but that just goes to show you that Baker Mayfield's sticking around, man. Mm-hmm. All the commercials and all the, the attention he brings to Cleveland – you see how happy he was when that losing streak ended? You see how happy he was when he was drafted? You see how happy he is on the field? He looks content in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield is Cleveland, whether the media thinks that he is or not. He's there to stay. He is the quarterback to the answer. He is the answer to all the, the, the problems that Cleveland has. Don't hop off of him yet because one diva overrated wide receiver wants out. That's all I'm going to say. A half hour's worth, that's all I'm going to say. All right, we'll move on. One quarterback to another. Quarterback spotlight. This is usually a first segment type of segment. Usually leads off the show. A lot of people, it's a fan favorite segment. It really, I'm not just saying that. A lot of people, feedback that we get, a lot of people like the quarterback segments. We won't go in depth because it's not a quarterback who has had years of experience. But that's that has played all the fuel to me wanting to make this quarterback spotlight. Jordan Love, the backup quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Kansas City won the game last Sunday, 13-7. Love played in the absence of Aaron Rodgers, who has COVID-19. Still in the air of if Rodgers will come back for Seattle next Sunday. After what I saw last Sunday, again, here comes the narrative that Jordan Love is not the quarterback of the future. And I'm not saying he is. I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers or not. But it's not like Jordan Love is Brett Hundley. It's not like Jordan Love is... Case Keenum. I mean, Jordan Love has some talent. I'll be looking at what went wrong last Sunday in just a second. 
But Jordan Love, he is not who you think he is after just the one game. Give him a chance. Give him some breathing room. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman had a field day of telling and saying how, he, oh. how unprepared he looked. and Yeah. They really had fun with that. You know, it, here's the thing. Here's what went wrong last Sunday. Jordan Love, from what I saw, there was a tough time reading the defensive pass rush. Steve Spagnuolo, the uh, defensive coordinator for Kansas City, the Chiefs, he switched looks often. There was a, a couple plays, a couple situations where Tyron Matthew, the defensive back, for the Chiefs, lined up on one side like he was in coverage and then jogged to the other side in pass rush. And that's something that a rookie quarterback, and granted, Love's not a rookie, but, you know, first start Play of his time. career. It's not something he's going to pick out and go, oh, there's Tyron Matthews, he's going to be a pay. He's looking at other facets. He's looking at the secondary, looking at the defensive scheme. He's not looking at disguised pass rushers. So that I can excuse. That's not, you know, that's to be expected in the first career start of a quarterback. Not to mention, he was under pressure often. I mean, that's something that we talk about all the time. Bill Belichick does that every time he plays a rookie quarterback. Bill Belichick just annihilates him with pass rush. Mm -hmm. Because you overwhelm a rookie quarterback who doesn't know how to handle pass rush, who isn't used to bringing a running back into the backfield and using him as a blocker or changing the route of a tight end and making him a blocker, who's not used to facing that type of pass rush, it's just going to happen. He's going to get overwhelmed. There was no time to throw for Jordan Love last Sunday. And not to mention, usually those quarterbacks... Uh, younger quarterbacks don't have the privilege of making adjustments on the fly. It's basically, here's the play, run it against the defense you see. If there's no look there, there's no look. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the times, player, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers will make a lot of adjustments at the line. You yes. watch what they do, they adjust to what they're seeing, and they oftentimes know exactly what they're doing, and they can adjust. And basically, when you look at a young quarterback, it's, here's the play. You, you can look at what you have coming at you, but you're running that play. Yes, yeah. Well, here's the thing, too, is that, a lot of Packers fans, Packers Twitter, Packers media in general is so used to it's almost entitlement with Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is one almost. of the smartest quarterbacks. You're right. It is. Absolutely. It's not almost. Aaron Rodgers is one of the smartest quarterbacks in football history. That's why he's had the highest QBR. It's why he's Aaron Rodgers. That's why he is who he is because he's just smart. So he knows you know, there's no defense that he hasn't seen before. There's nothing that fools him anymore. And with Jordan Love, first career start, I mean, give the guy a break. Right. Not to mention the other rookie quarterbacks who I'll be comparing him to in, a mo in just a moment. These guys have had reps with the first team uh, a squad all year long. Have had first team reps in t since, since training camp, since August. Right. Jordan Love just had one week of first team reps and since Aaron Rodgers has been back. You say, think of Aaron Rodgers, but... Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, back-to-back. Back-to-back. If you had three Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Fame caliber, that's not what I'm saying, but to expect that level of play out of a player who's had his first, his first NFL game, his, like you just mentioned, first-time reps with, the, with you know, the starting squad, yeah. you're going to be let game down. experience. You're going to be let down, yeah. or you're basically betting on a miracle. I was going to bring it up in the in the Browns discussion there with Baker Mayfield, but I ha I didn't. You know, the Browns have gone through so many quarterbacks in you know, two decades. Last two decades has been Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. You're right, absolutely. And so to expect that type of play out of Jordan Love in his first career start, no gaming, no in game experience in a regular season game before. Come on now. So with all these first time reps too, it's also going to be expected that the rhythm and the timing is just not there, and it just wasn't. 
specifically with Devontae Adams. There's a lot of play designs to get the ball to Devontae. And Aaron Rodgers knows how to do Him and Devontae, he wanted Cobb back for the chemistry that he had. And without Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love hasn't had the opportunity to build the chemistry and the relationship with some of these offensive tools that Aaron Rodgers has been able to grow a chemistry and timing with. That's to be expected. Uh, I also have an inside source that was at this game on Sunday mm-hmm. that said... I know that inside source. You do. <laughs> we all do. Friend of the show. Uh, an inside source that said it was uncommonly loud for an NFL game in Kansas City, which is the MO of Kansas City. But when you think about how loud that is, on the road in Kansas City, first career game, Jordan Love just played like a rookie. I mean, that's overwhelming. It's the MO of Seattle. It's the MO of Kansas City. It's a tough place to play. And for a rookie quarterback, that's just the formula to lose. And it's not like it was a blowout loss either. It's not like this was 20. It's not like he threw three interceptions. I mean, this was 13-7. to They battled. It's a scrappy team with the Green Bay Packers. It's a scrappy team with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. He just played like a rookie. And you mentioned, you know, you bring up, it's not like he threw three interceptions. Comparatively, he played pretty well. He did. Great segue, Will, <laughs> because... <laughs> Because I made the argument, remember the argument, and you disagreed with me heavily, and a lot of people who listened to that episode, thank you for listening, Tony G Nation, who listened to that episode, gave me bite back too, and I still stand by the argument, even though it's not the popular opinion. Remember the argument I gave that Joe Burrow beat Aaron Rodgers? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing here. Jordan Love, technically, play-wise, beat Patrick Mahomes statistically. In the statistic rankings, Jordan Love got the win here. Minus an interception, but I mean... Minus the interception. Well, look at the stats. 19 of 34, Jordan Love. Patrick Mahomes, 20 of 37. Okay. More completions, but also three more. It's practically identical. A touchdown and an interception for Jordan Love. Just one touchdown for Patrick Mahomes. 190 yards for Love. 166 yards for Mahomes. Jordan Love, a 69.5 passer rating. Patrick Mahomes, 74.8. I mean, these are practically identical numbers. I could make this argument. I'm not going to. No. Because Patrick Mahomes obviously got the win. And right. It's Mahomes. These stats were better, but they weren't better by a lot. I mean, you erased that interception, which was a jump ball in a scenario where you're throwing a jump ball. It like, was third and ten. It was third and ten. Game yep. was on the line. You're throwing yep. a jump ball. Exactly. And, and Devontae got a hand on it and just got the worst half of it. Yeah. Yep. It was It was not probably the best thrown ball, but that's just how it happens sometimes. You mean to tell me if Aaron Rodgers is playing in this game, the Packers still lose? No. No. They would have won by... The Chiefs aren't a good team. Okay, we know that. There's, it's starting to been that narrative has started to culminate after they've started to lose some games and not win games commandingly. I mean, this is a team, a good team. The Bill Belichick era in the Patriots would have won this game by two, three touchdowns. The another good to the Rams would have won this game by at seventeen points. Chiefs aren't a good team. So I think that only, like I said, that we're going to see who, when I say we're going to see who the Seahawks really are through their injuries, we're going to see who the Titans really are in their injuries. We're going to see who the Chiefs are now that they have some adversity. There's a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes being a Super Bowl winning quarterback, being a young guy, and with the weight of the world on his shoulders, number one selling jersey in the world. There's a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes. But we're going to see who the Chiefs really are this season. Not because of any big injuries, not because of bad quarterback play, but just because we're starting to see that this trend of just feeding into the offense and not helping out the defense a lot 
is really going to start to bite to bite back to the Kansas City Chiefs. I could make that argument. I won't. And I have to give, give a quick shout-out to a friend of the show, a good man on campus of St. Norbert College, uh, Corey Shashelchik, who always says there's no metaphoric victories. There, there's no symbolic trophies for winning a football game, even though you lost, or winning mm-hmm. in sports when you actually lost. There's no symbolic victories. Right. And so I had to give a shout-out to him because I he, he was one of those uh, people who listened to that episode, thank you for listening, and said, after uh, you know, I made the argument that Burrow beat Rogers, and he said, "There's no symbolic victories. That's not, you know, that's not." And I go, "You know what? You got a yeah, good point. Yeah, it doesn't exist. You can say, yeah, we played well, but yeah, absolutely. You still lose at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pack would have won that game with Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying. I am just saying. But it wasn't the worst play by Jordan Love either. No, it wasn't. It, there has been worse plays. And you think about how rookies have played this year." Come on now. Mm-hmm. People people are saying there's a notification that I got on my phone after just yesterday. Is it time for the Packers to move on from Jordan Love? Yeah. I mean, come on now. One game. Is right. it time for the Bears to move on from Justin Fields? Right. After they're now three and six, after lost last night, Monday night football, and he hasn't played the best. Is it time for He said flashes. Come on. So now. but so has Jordan Love. They've both had flashes. Ever was it time to move on? From Peyton Manning after he threw the most interceptions in the history of rookie quarterback play? No, it was not. He turned out all right. Golly, one game. Is it time to move on? One game? Whatever. And away one at that. Yeah. Like I said, you can't win them all. Seven and two. You're not going to go 16 and one. You know, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to win all these games. And this was a game, if you remember when we picked, went game by game for the Packers' schedule, this was a game that I had slotted for them to lose. Did I pick them to lose? I picked them to win, didn't I? I don't remember your pick. Way to remember your picks, Will. Thanks for doing your homework. <laughs> yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, that that segment, the quarterback spotlight. Is it time to move on from Jordan Love? The answer is a resounding no. Is it time for the Jets to move on from Zach Wilson? Come on. Really? Mm-hmm. Give me a break. You know, and here's another narrative. Just like the Baker Mayfield thing in Cleveland. Media, moving too quick. Jumping to assumptions. Is it time for the Browns to move on from Baker Mayfield? He is statistically one of the top three quarterbacks the Cleveland Browns have ever had in their history. You're telling me it's time for them to move on? Come on now. One game for Jordan Love and you're telling me it's time to move on? Get over it. Get over it. Now a lot of people are putting the Green Bay Packers on blast for drafting Jordan Love the year that Aaron Rodgers followed up with an MVP, and now they're saying, okay, maybe maybe that was a bad move Move on from Jordan Love. It's been one game. It's been one game. How many years did Aaron Rodgers take behind Brett Favre? You know, it's just the second year of Jordan Love. You're telling me it's time to move on? That's the media for you, Tony. That is the media. I mean, they gave the, the Green Bay Packers gave Brett Hundley more years before moving on, and now the, narr- the narrative that's being drawn up is, oh, it's time to move on from Jordan Love in Green Bay. Jordan Love may not be the answer to Green Bay. The answer towards Aaron Rodgers' free agency, getting traded or retiring, whatever will happen after this year. Come on. Tell me the time to move on. That's just terrible. But it is time to move on, Will, in the show. Terrible. Just terrible. Terrible. Terrible moving Actually, on. Actually, the opposite of that for you this week. That is correct. Red Hot and Tony G's Picks of the Week. Tony G's Picks of Week 9 came in with an eight-game win streak. Just went 5-0. and oh. For the first time in a few seasons. Mm-hmm. Thursday night football. Jets, Colts, 
I say Colts in a blowout, 41-10, 45-30. It's about the same. I mean, yeah. that was some garbage time play. The Indianapolis Colts are now 4-0 and versus teams under 500 this year. Good for them. Mike White at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Mike White at quarterback for the Jets. I said Colts are going to win that game. They did. Sunday, I picked Browns-Bengals. Bengals were the two-and-a-half-point favorite. I said, listen, Miles Garrett's on pace for 22-and-a-half sacks. Sixth best defense coming into that game. I think the Browns are going to win in a close one. They won in a blowout, 41-16. <laughs> the best performance of Baker Mayfield's career. It absolutely was. Most important, most, most important mm-hmm. performance for Baker Mayfield in his career. Sunday afternoon, Packers head to Kansas City without Aaron Rodgers. The Chiefs, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I said Chiefs are going to get the victory, and they did 13-7. We just talked about that game as well. Sunday night football, Titans, six-and-two. Rams, seven-and-one. Rams, the seven-and-a-half-point favorites. No Derrick Henry for the Titans on the road in Los Angeles. I thought this game, the four-game win streak for the Rams, I thought this game was a bl- I mean, blatant win for Los Angeles. We, we practically bagged on the Titans that last entire last episode. We did. We I mean, in a way. On them. In a way. Regardless, though, I thought the Rams were going to play. They just did not show up at home. 28-16 was the final score of the Titan victory. I got that one wrong. And it was 28-9, only three field goals for the Rams. They were kicking field goals in the third quarter when they're down by three touchdowns, and I'm thinking, what are they doing? Let's play a little – let's play for the win here. Let's get some aggressive nature to our play. Rams lost that game, giving me the first loss in 11 games. The 11-game win streak had snapped. The 11-pick streak had snapped. And now that is all over. But then Monday Night Football, Steelers, Bears. I said, you know, the Bears have the 32nd ranked offense, the worst offense in the league. Granted, the Steelers aren't aren't better, but Mike Tomlin's 22-4 and four against rookie quarterbacks. He's won seven straight. Make that eight straight, 23-4 and four versus rookie quarterbacks. The Steelers got the win, 29-27 What you think the of Chicago that? Bears. Uh 65-yard field goal attempt at the end. Do you think that's better than taking a Hail Mary chance? I, absolutely. What are you doing if you're Matt Nagy? Throw the football. Justin weird. Fields absolutely has the arm to get it there. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that means that uh, I'm assuming they're questioning his ability to throw it that far. And the kick wasn't even close. It was like eight yards short. I mean, it barely got to the end zone. It what did, are you doing? It did look like it doinked off the crossbar from the back view. Yeah. It did. Okay, Live it was on like, TV. It was like... I also thought that in the moment, I didn't think anything of it until I saw it trend on Twitter like five yeah. minutes later, the hell wrong Steve Levy was. <laughs> I thought it doinked off too. Yeah. I was like, well, whatever. Because from that back view, it was like, okay, that wasn't the worst choice in the world. But yeah. after seeing the side angle, and it was literally like, I, it might have bounced before the end zone. No, it's true. What are you doing in that situation? It's kind of weird. Throw the football. You put the hands. That, 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 to me, that seems like you're throwing the win away. You know what? I'm not even mad at it, Will, because that, I just got that one right it's in true. my picks it's of true. the week. The 11-game win streak came to an end on Sunday Night Football. I've won 12 of my last 13, William. it's pretty good. Isn't that something? Yeah. Four in one week. I'm 26-21 and 21 this season, bringing my overall record three wins away from 197 and 67. All I'm saying is don't, you know, don't go too ahead of yourself. One bad week can put you right back at 500. I'm not going to do the Will McCormick with my fantasy team. Oh, I lost again. Oh, well, I told you. <laughs> Ever since you said that, I said, don't go saying that. Mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds, start him this week. He gets hurt. Three-yard carry. That's all he's got the whole game. You deserve that. I know. <laughs> I, I know. think I might trade one of my players and just raise the white flag. Sure. Sometimes you have to do that, mm-hmm. too, in fantasy football. Yep. The whole Derrick Henry thing, uh, you know, 
that just gets to me. Yeah. Because that, I mean, my team was destined to go deep into the playoffs, and then Derrick Henry gets injured, and it's like, well. Did you have him as well? In one of my leagues, yeah. <sighs> the league with my friends from. He was like my backbone of my team. Ugh. Him and Tyreek. My friends from high school and college are in that league. Like, it's a combination of both. Yeah. It's a league you really want to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get so much bragging rights if yeah. you win that league or do good in it. And now Derrick Henry gets injured, and it's like, come on. For the first six weeks, I love fantasy football, and I really, really don't like it. I'm telling you, I've done it before. I get this big head like, oh, I'm, I'm never going to lose again. Am I going to have an undefeated season? Then you're going to lose every week from here on. Sorry about it, Will. You did it to yourself. It's okay, I did. That'll do it for this episode. Another episode on the books, and it was a good one. Did we talk anything but football today? Um, I don't even know if we talked football. No, we? I don't think we talked about anything. No. It was a big football episode. The Tony G Show will come to a close. Gary Gresh tomorrow, and then a Thursday episode in a few days, another edition of Tony G's Picks of the Week. We'll look forward to that one. Until then, well, hey, happy birthday on Sunday. Thank you. I appreciate it. You are welcome. He's finally turning 13. Finally hit the teen years. <laughs> Proud of you, Will. Thank you. That'll do it for the Tony G Show. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. We'll see you tomorrow for Gary Grush interview and then Thursday for another episode. Thanks for listening to the Tony G Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 